Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 89. Hello, ladies. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back, girls. What's going on? Tell me all about it. Hello. Well, I have, it's November 1st, right? It's November 1st. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday was Halloween and November 1st, I, did to, I took October off to, um, to running like very actively. Like I did it, uh, you know, here and there, but September, I went so hard. I ran like 176 miles during September. And then I think I burned myself the F out. So I took a kind of break <laughs> in October, but November I'm back to it. I have signed up for multiple, um, ch- uh, challenges. I have a 60 challenge, a 60 mile challenge going. I have a 700 mile challenge going. I have 160 miles challenge going i have them coming all out of all over the place so um i just run to um basically validate all the food and beer i drink so (laughs) that's what i have going on right now you're breaking even Uh (laughs) pretty much because i'm not losing weight (laughs) but you know what i wanted to say happy anniversary i know your anniversary is october 31st yes thank you happy late anniversary yeah how how super goth is that guys that's awesome it's so it's so good did you guys go shadow dancing in your in your living room just like turn this turn the lights on and off like a strobe (laughs) <laughs> That's funny. No, so we went for a hike in the morning and then um, we came back and I went and bought a cheese plate. And Jen, we used your uh, fancy, <laughs> fancy uh, charcuterie board that you gave us. And nice. then um, we ate cheese while we enjoyed um, Rock Star Beer Festival Halloween Virtual Beer Fest. Um, it was originally supposed to happen last weekend, but Eddie wasn't feeling well. So um, the cool thing about virtual beer festivals is they put it up on YouTube and then you can watch it whenever you have time. It doesn't have to be the scheduled time that they uh, announce. So we did that. And so it was 10 different beers that we got to taste um, while we were watching the YouTube um, thing that pairs with the beer that you're drinking. They have like brewers come on and tell you about their beer or about their brewery or like the history of their brewery. Um, So we did that. And then after that, we tried to watch the episode one of Mandalorian season two. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Eddie watched the whole thing, but after 10 beers and a plate of cheese, I was out the first time. <laughs> Knocked out. That's so yeah. interesting. I had no idea that the uh, virtual beer cons or beer shares or whatever were whenever you wanted to. Like I yeah. never, I never committed to it because I thought I can't be available at that time and date. Yeah. So. Um, that's when they do it live and, and kind of doing it. I mean, not live, live, cause it's already pre-recorded, but, um, the live portion is that they have it up and then, uh, people who are watching it get to, um, like, uh, in the comments like kind of comment about what's going on and stuff that part is always my favorite part because people are they do not hold back they talk shit they make jokes it's so fun and i'm there (laughs) laughing reading all the comments 
But um, after the release date where it kind of goes quote unquote live, they just put them up on their channel on YouTube and they're there available for an indeterminate amount of time. So the cool thing is, is there's all kinds of beer festivals that are there after this one. They did one on Stone Brewery. They did one on Ballast Point. They did. So it's kind of cool if you just want, I mean, obviously you don't get to taste them, but if you just want to kind of go look and, you know, look at uh, beer and uh, find out some new ones you might want to try and I have to say last night there were a, quite a few that I was like I'm gonna go search these out these are so good I uh, like at least three or four that I was like I would totally buy this and drink it again wow <laughs> cool that's, that's good awesome. that's awesome it worked yep. yep how about how about you Jen what's going on with you um I oh I I got my info back about my schools and stuff like that and I'm going to be uh finishing the rest of like my degree starting uh next uh in the spring of next semester so mm-hmm. in 2021 so hooray for that Yay. Uh, I got a I got a plan um but I for Halloween I actually I went to a small get-together with friends we like socially distance and everything but I like really missed them and like Aww. we're just like okay yeah. Like we're we've all like gotten tested and gotten uh, nothing back, but that was like a while ago. We're like let's just let's uh like we really missed each other, so we went to go. Uh, so we went to my friend's house, and it was a lot of fun. I missed my friends a lot, uh, and we like we talk and like over the phone and we text, but it's different like yeah. when you can see them in person. And yeah. it was it was really really nice. Uh, but before that, uh, a lot of video games, like at least online ones, are having. Uh, Halloween events and wow. so I was just I was just grinding most of the day before I went to uh, before I went to the small get-together uh, uh, to gaining like items like double XP or like double blood points for Dead by Daylight uh, <laughs> and that's mostly what I've been doing. Cool. That's awesome. Well you just mentioned something that made me um, remember I actually got a gift from my lovely dear husband for um, our anniversary and I'm showing it on oh <laughs> nice I got um, a Nintendo Switch Lite and it's like pinkish color it's so cool so, <laughs> I haven't opened it up yet because I've still I have had things I had to do and I'm like once I open it up that's it I'm not you're not getting anything out of me <laughs> it's so good right now there's a sale on Hades by the way it's, I think it's like 25% off it's oh, a good okay. dungeon rogue crawler nice I highly recommend that one I'll have it's, to a, it's check a really it out. good game i mean you've talked but, about it enough that it makes anybody want to play <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh so i did that uh i oh my god because because right now uh, right now in online games it's really it's i'm so glad that there isn't a chat function in <laughs> video games because people are toxic i'm toxic online like i'll like i can't communicate with them but there's like certain actions you can do that are disrespectful and i do them if someone pisses me off in game like it's like if i think if like in dead by daylight like as an example that happened and i was just like like i i'm not proud of myself for this moment but i did it uh the point of the game is that you're supposed to survive as you complete generators to open the doors and escape from the killer yeah in a game, uh, you get you get you can get hooked three times 
And for the first two, you can be rescued off the hook. But the third time, the third time you're hooked, you're dead. Somebody, like my entire like group team, uh, the first mistake was that I was solo queuing. I know better, but I did it anyways. I was just like, I want the double XP. But my entire team did not come and rescue me until I had gone on to phase two of being on struggle. And then they rescued me like with only a little bit of left. If I, that thing had run out, I would have been dead in the game. And I was so annoyed <laughs> because it was, it was literally like within the first three minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. So you know what I did? I, I told the killer to follow me and, because I had something that let me see my teammates. Uh-huh. I like I like told the killer to follow me and I led him to him. I was like, I was like, uh-uh, like y'all didn't rescue me and y'all were gonna let they were gonna let me die. The only reason they didn't was because they happened to be on the way as they were running away from the killer. So uh-huh. they unhooked me so that the killer could come like when like the killer was right behind them. Mm-hmm. They unhooked me so that the killer would kill me. That's some mean girl shit right there. That is the mean girl shit. And you know what? I'm mean too. So I fucking did that shit back to them. I didn't didn't even care if the killer let me, like, killed me or let me go at the end. I was just like, I want revenge. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rat every single one of you bitches out. Like I said. And if there was a chat function, oh, you, you know, I would have been swearing up a storm. I would have been swearing up a storm. But that's, that's what weird. happens when like these special events happen. Uh-huh. One, and because it's Halloween, one more people are playing the scary, uh, scare, scary games, even though they can't handle it or they don't know how to. Uh, two, um, a lot of people play more meaner because since you get more points during the game, you're gonna want to do more stuff. Oh yeah. And you can eat, for the killer. It's like you're gonna want to kill everybody as fast as possible. Or at least like mess with them a lot, uh, and then you like you get stacked on points. For other people, it's farming people, or like or like doing generators, or fuck messing or purposefully messing up generators uh-huh. so you can keep doing them like over and over again. And it's just like and so it's just there's there's a lot. Everybody's out for themselves only. Yeah. And so, and if you're not playing with friends, you're not going to have a good time. Right. Like, you're just not going to have a good time. Well, even and when you are playing with time. friends. <laughs> huh? Yeah. And then I play with my friends. And you see, it's okay if my friends screw me over because uh-huh. I know them and I will potentially screw them over. Like, yeah. this is a tip for tat situation here. <laughs> you know each other. It's okay if I know you. If I don't know you, it's not okay because I don't know you. <laughs> but yeah, that's a... That was me on the weekend with video games. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, like you guys said yesterday, it was Halloween. So I actually went out to vote. Yay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Early voting is available in Los Angeles County. Yeah, uh, you actually, uh, some people get, uh, everybody should have gotten a pamphlet, which gives you um, per city, which uh, voting uh, facilities are available, which polls are open. And so um, that was uh, very good because also you can go on vote.org and you can put in your address and it'll Mm -hmm. tell you the nearest polling uh, facility that's open and it can open up in Google Maps so that you can be navigated there. So it's nice. 
it's pretty awesome. Um, so I would, you know what? And actually, uh, when I submitted my ballot, I like said a little prayer. I was like, <laughs> I was like, with you, I send all my hopes and dreams. And then I almost cried. I was like, this is so emotional for me. <laughs> like, Honestly, you know what? That was me. I got emotional when I voted um, the last uh, election because of the fact that it was the first time that a woman was a candidate. And I, I got emotional that day. And I feel like, especially here, we are in California, people showed up for her here in California and the lines were long. I mean, I've been voting in this city for, geez, uh, it's been at least two presidential, three maybe. Um, and I never had to stand in such a long line and just being there and kind of, you're ba I mean, basically we saw history in the making regardless that she won or not i mean that was a big deal the same way that uh having a, a female vice president candidate too is a big deal but um i mean i, I think and i really wish more people would not just do it but educate themselves before they do it. yeah yeah absolutely so i mean it was everybody was super nice and it was just a great experience the line was along i went like at 6 30 so like there was hardly anyone there mm. so that was really awesome um i'm also really happy la mano del destino got fully funded i know oh yeah where did that money come out of nowhere i that know was chunk that That's... just all of a sudden he was funded yeah That's i was how kickstarter is that was super awesome it was super like i was just i kept sharing it and sharing it and i'm like i really want my book <laughs> and and guess and guess what guys they actually reached a stretch goal so everybody oh, really? so everybody that got a belt is going to get a champion belt replica it's uh it's foiled oh, gold foiled nice. and you can put it around your belly so like yeah. you could be a luchador so that's kind of awesome i i can't believe they theoretically just... i could put it around my big belly <laughs> <laughs> I would choose extra large. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's been like really, um, really kind of a busy October. I'm kind of glad it's over, although I love October and I love the Halloween season. I've been stuck watching only horror movies. Yeah. Uh, I've been <laughs> I've been adding to the Day of the Dead altar, whether it be candles or pictures, and also finally uh inktober's over so i don't have to draw anymore <laughs> it's a big undertaking you've done really amazingly i mean you really did uh, so many and you really reached also back into the <laughs> the depths of the books that we, that we read so i was like oh yeah i remember that yeah <laughs> So that was really cool. Uh, the last drawing I did was of a ca character that I am not familiar with, but the creator of the character reached out to me and she said, and he said, I'd love it. And I'd be honored if you would do draw my character for Inktober. Oh, that's awesome. And I was like, oh, heck yeah. Like I was 
needing something to draw. And also the cartoon that I chose to draw of their character was where the character is telling you to vote. Uh-huh, I saw and, that. So that's I thought awesome. I thought that's super cool. It just fits perfectly. It was like so serendipitous. So I was like, this is perfect. So I'm I'm very excited. Also, I hate my neighbors, my new neighbors, my new <laughs> My back neighbor, the the neighbors that are in the backyard, in their backyard, and then their house, uh, they, oh my God, they partied until three in the morning, and it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me. It's just the music was just so loud, and I yeah. don't and I don't mm-hmm. like your music. And then they start karaokeing. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. Uh. The worst. <laughs> yes. I'm sure my neighbors were not happy with me yesterday because I karaokeed. Um, I had to karaoke <laughs> sweet child of mine. First of all, I tried to karaoke um, the Alexander Hamilton, but I didn't know the words. So then I went and I looked up the words and I did a little bit of it, but Eddie was not having it. And I <laughs> to the whole song. Then I tried to sing it and I was like, well, let me do something. I do know the words too. So I <laughs> Sweet child of mine, but I know my neighbors heard me because I can hear them when they're with they're just like talking to the TV. So they heard me. So I'm sure my neighbors um, empathize with you. <laughs> oh, every so often they would lower the volume, and I think that's just because the cops came over. Oh, yeah. wow! But yeah, they and then this morning I wake up and like at. I don't know, 1030, they're blasting off some mana as well. And I'm like, oh, pinche recalentado. I'm so over it. <laughs> I'm so over it. And oh, my God, there's this one song that Frank put. It's his guilty pleasure. OK, it's some kind of. Mana is his guilty pleasure. No, no. This other song last oh. night, like at three in the morning. No, this morning at three in the morning. It's uh, it's a song that goes. Born to be alive, boy. Boy, boy, born to be alive. It's such, it, that's all it says. And it's such like a Euro disco slash techno song. It's so dated and it's, and it, it I don't know if it was just super popular in, um, in Nicaragua that I guess every Nicaraguan likes it. I don't know. It's because I've, ca- I've caught Frank. I'm like, I hate that fucking song. You always play it when you're drunk. He's all like, I don't know why I like it. <laughs> and then last and then this morning i went outside and i was like they're playing that fucking song too how are they even up at 10 o'clock i mean i i don't know about you guys but i mean that is one of the strengths i feel of us <laughs> latinos <laughs> i can party all night long and come home at two or three o'clock in the morning and be drunk as all hell. And I'll be up like at 6 a.m. like nothing the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. But yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what to do at this point. Like, I feel like I, sh- I want to scream. I'm as- I don't like your music. Turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't. So are yet. they newly moved in there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So before that, before that, it was an older black band, and so it was always quiet. I I think he even had a dog that didn't even bark, and so now they have these like loud parties. Like I guess they're just so excited to have a home. They just have parties every weekend, (laughs) almost every weekend, even during the pandemic. They even built a bar in the back. Wow. Yes. Wow. You need to go rob that bar. Shit, climb your fence. <laughs> well, it's, the bar. it's actually attached to the house. 
but it kind of it opens up it has a little like like a like a shade so that their bartender can be like serving at the time but it's uh -huh. like attached to the house Jeez, they went yeah. all out yeah so anyway i just like them right now maybe eventually <laughs> i don't know we can find common ground but as of right now my options are to to yell and say turn it down i hate your music or or to just <laughs> Take my speaker back there and put some some cannibal corpse or something <laughs> like I, like it's it's either that I don't know or sepultura I mean you name it I'm just gonna when it unshuffle it's what's gonna be <laughs> oh my god that's funny all right guys it's time for Kristen what time is it because we're gonna need it right now we're gonna need it <laughs> oh I'm definitely gonna need it. So uh, we are going to start with La Hora, Hora de, la de la Cervecita. cervecita. Woot, woot. And I have in my hand the most beautiful can I have seen in quite some time. The colors of this are so like just very, they're kind of summery, but also like just very, I don't know, they're kind of like relaxing to me. So this is a uh, beer by Santa Monica Brew Works. And I have been working in Santa Monica for already now six, going on six, seven years. And I've always wanted to try Santa Monica Brew Works and I've just never gotten around to it. And this is their Head in the Clouds Juicy Double IPA. It is 8.5 ABV and it looks just the outside of the can. It looks delicious. I haven't even seen the inside yet. Um, you know, the can, it, uh, the can art, it looks like, um, like a fall sunset, you know, when it gets like yeah. purple violets and like uh -huh. reds and it fire. Looks like, it looks like, uh, like a perfect summer's end sunset. Yes. yes. Summer's end that, that poster for the movie summer's end. That's what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Um, so the can says live a part of each day with your head in the clouds. This award-winning juicy double IPA is brewed for the dreamers who seek an elevated beer experience. It's brewed with Citra, Mosaic, Summit, and Wakatu hops. And it is brewed by Santa Monica Brew Rock Brew Works. And that is in sunny Southern California. You can find out more about uh, Santa Monica Brew Works and this beer at SantaMonicaBrewWorks.com. So I'm actually, sometimes I get, okay, so when I was young, like, in just turned 21 look at that color it looks wow. is this what wow it looks it so looks like juice easy it looks like juice yeah. yeah so before i became a a cultured wine and beer drinker i used to go to the 99 cent store no um big lots i used to go to big lots and choose my wine by just the label of like how cute it was me too <laughs> i feel like i would have chose this beer because the label the can is just really cool Dude, that's exactly how I choose my beers when I go. Well, first of all, they have to be certain types of beers, but then right. the can art has to be awesome. Because I've seen can art that is amazing, but then they're like a lager. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to go there. Loggers <laughs> <laughs> are good. I, yeah, I no, all loggers. Yeah, no, okay. not all of them. So Sarah actually poured hers into a glass and it looks like she poured orange juice into her glass. It's so... <laughs> just thick and hazy and it looks very delicious. I just opened my can 
and the juiciness, the citrus that came out made my mouth water. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the smell is amazing. Really good. It smells mm-hmm. really, really good. Now I got to remind myself that this is a double IPA. So uh, I, um, you got to, and this is a whole pint of a can. So you're getting 16 full ounces here. So yes, um, I got this four pack at Sam's Club actually. Uh, no, I'm so sorry, Costco. Okay. Um, they had it on sale, and I was like, Santa Monica. Well, I have, we haven't had anything from Santa Monica in a while, so I thought this is perfect. It's a four pack. I could get it to the girls. We could all have it on La Hora de la Cervecita, and the can art, like you said, was definitely um, eye catching. Yeah, I I really liked it mm-hmm. a lot. So. What do you say, Sarah? Well, I like it. It has that uh, a little bit of um, that kind of rind crispiness at the end, a little bit of a little bit of bitterness (laughs) in the aftertaste. Initially, you don't. It's very smooth. You, uh, I could easily drink four of these uh, without a problem. Whether I'll be able to stand up, some problems. (laughs) (laughs) Whether I'll be come afterwards. Yeah, try to get up. Yeah, like it's so smooth. You don't feel like it's gonna fuck you up. Uh But I, I honestly think that it could. It's really refreshing. It almost feels like a breakfast beer if there's such a a thing. (laughs) (laughs) If there is such a thing, yes, it's so instead of a mimosa go with that yes oh my god you're right yes yeah mm-hmm. i mean that micheladas are mostly drank for breakfast yes they are yeah <laughs> so I, along I, with bloody marys yeah, yeah i'm i'm mm-hmm. loving this i'm i'm really loving this what do you guys think so the rindy flavor is very is mixed very well with the end hoppiness like ipas you're not going to i mean we have tasted some where the hoppiness is very very subtle but for the most part and especially with a double you're not going to avoid that very hoppy end uh taste um on your mouth but this one even though i know that it's a little bit of the hops um it almost to me feels like it's 100 percent like that citrus flavor at the end it's very strong like i said it's like I don't really, the last beer that we had, we were talking about um, biting into an orange <laughs> and that flavor, not my favorite, but I actually enjoy um, the front part of the beer. The la- the the end part, the, the citrus rind flavor is a little bit too much for me though. How about you, Jen? What do Hold you on. think? I'm trying to form my thoughts. She's thinking about it. <laughs> Uh, she's thinking about it as we take a sip. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was taking sips as Kristen was talking about about it. Uh, you're right. It's really smooth. It goes down very smoothly. Like it, it, especially for a double IPA. I mean, there's usually like some hesitancy for me, and also like an instinctual gag reflex because of the, <laughs> because of the hops. But this goes yeah. down really smoothly. Um, uh, like I could, I think this is like an easily chuggable beer. Like if we're going there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it is, it, it is overwhelmingly rindy. It feels like I bit into an orange. Yeah. Like that's, and that's the taste of it is also what I get a lot. It mixes surprisingly well with the hops. I actually don't mind 
like the like when you when you drink it at first it's like it's smooth you kind of don't i don't really get a taste but in the end i get that rind taste the aftertaste and i also get the taste of the hops and i that makes it bearable uh for me mm-hmm. so like uh, i i'm not like super overpowered by the hops i think the bitterness of the hops goes really well with the rind of uh, of the citrus uh taste that we have so it's not um it's definitely not my go-to, but I, I kind of enjoy it. It's, I kind of like it. As you're talking, I'm also taking more sips, and it's funny how it actually evolves. Um, mm-hmm. After after I'm, like, like moving my tongue around and, like, tasting, it actually turns sweet uh, mm-hmm. on my tongue. And that, it's, that more citrusy wasn't the rind flavor, but the actual citrus of a fruit um flavor so um the the like i love a hoppy ipa so it's kind of weird to me that i'm not really enjoying the hoppiness because it tastes more like citrus to me (laughs) but the evolution of the the end flavor is actually very interesting to me i think Mm -hmm. i've had hazy ipas that i like better but um i don't think that i would turn this down i mean it, it it's actually um a very drinkable beer sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's, that's all you need <laughs> honestly that sometimes that is all you need and right now it's kind of hot but not like not like too hot it's like like you could potentially feel very cold. I'm a little cold right now, but yeah. with this beer right now, I'm starting to get very warm. Yeah. Uh so you know, I I kind of don't I kind of don't mind it. I mean like summer's in. Maybe it'll finish eventually. <laughs> I'll finish summer. it eventually. It's funny how in Southern California November is summer's in. <laughs> hey, it's still fucking hot. Like it's, it is. It's it was to, hot today. It was 80 degrees. And yeah. on Wednesday, I saw the news say that it was going to be 89. Like, yeah. Okay, it's November. We're going to be yeah, I, so, Turkey so, in our shorts. So if you're listening from out of California, basically it's cold in the morning and then it gets hot in the 80s. Yeah. And then by sundown, it goes back down and now and then it's all kind of drizzly, kind of gloomy and it's mm-hmm. cold. So, I mean, it just it varies. So it's like boot, jacket, sweater, tank top weather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like you can't you uh, uh you you basically layer and take them off and put them back on. Yeah. I I like how this beer um as it's sitting and it's airing out and it's becoming more room temperature does have a different feel to it. So I really like that as well. Are we ready to rate it? Sure. I'll start. Yeah. This is Kristen. Um. Like I said, I love the can art. Uh, I love IPAs. Um, I don't love that rindy flavor. Um, but the evolution of it from the beginning to end is actually very complex. Um, so if you are an IPA lover, you'll like it. And if you're a hazy IPA lover, I think you'll also like it. Um, I don't think a lot of people that they're not necessarily all the time, um, mutually exclusive. Sometimes, um, 
you um, can like both. So for me, though, I think I'm going to give it a partial, um, which is on our rating system, a three out of five. And just as a reminder, um, a one is a flaccid, a two is an initial, a three is a partial, a full is a four, and a five is a rigid. And then if it is an amazing, 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 oh my God, I can't live without it. That is off the charts, Super Saiyan. So um, for me, I think I'm going to stick with a three um, out of five. Uh, this is Jen, and uh, I'm going to go with Kristen. I'm going to give it a partial two. Um, it's I I'm like in between with IPAs. I've, we've had some that I've really really liked, and mm-hmm. some that I'm just all like I can barely tolerate this. Like, right. right now. <laughs> um, this one is like a really nice in the middle because I, I I I mean I am enjoying it, and I do like that. Um, because uh, now that I've been sipping it more, you're right. There is a sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is I mean that takes skill. That's pretty good. Um, uh, and so like it, it does become more enjoyable as you drink it. Uh, but it's, it is a double IPA and I'm sorry, I can't forgive it for being a double IPA. So it's going to be a partial for me. Uh, with any IPA, uh, it, de- um, definitely gets better as you drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you're getting more drunk as you yep. drink it. <laughs> How about you, Sarah? What do you say? Um, I'm going to go with you guys as well. I'm also going to give it a partial. I, I like the rindiness, especially how it's evolving with the room temperature, but it's not something I think um, I will have it on tap um, if it's available, like at a bar, but it's not something that I would go out of my way to purchase. Okay, so that brings up a very important detail when it comes to uh, draft buying and can buying a lot of times when i'm out at a bar and i'm buying off the draft handles i'll go for higher abv (laughs) because i'm like hey i'm out here having a good time i want the best bang for my buck so i go (laughs) directly for the double so and also i bet you that the composition of this beer would be slightly different um on draft i would be interested to actually taste what it would be like um on draft so we're gonna have to make uh when when possible we're gonna have to make a field trip to uh santa monica brew works oh my god i'm so (laughs) about our field trips where we go over our comic books and go over. uh, i miss those days guys (laughs) (laughs) but that has been our beer review thanks guys all right guys it's time for chisme de la semana and chisme de salama Oh, que bien. <laughs> Chisme de la semana is being brought to you today by Kristen. What do you have for us today? Well, today I have some very interesting and awesome and amazing and super important news. And it has to do with the newly um, the newly released information of who the new director for Captain Marvel 2 is going to be. And the um, sequel is going to be directed by filmmaker Nia DaCosta, which is a female, not just only a female director, but she is a black female director. And this is going to make her the very first black woman to direct a Marvel studio movie. So I'm super excited about 
Captain Marvel anyway. I really enjoyed the first movie. I'm interested to um, see what they do with the second movie. Her her character and character's involvement with Endgame and uh, all that Thanos stuff going on, I really enjoyed. And so I'm really, and the fact that the first Captain Marvel movie happened in the 90s, I'm not sure when the sequel is going to be taking place, but I'm kind of excited to see where the evolution of her character goes because I really enjoy Captain Marvel as a, a character and her storyline and her character development in the comics. So I'm hoping that we see more of that in the movies. So I just love that with such a freaking strong female empowerment character to begin with, that 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 Marvel was smart enough to um, put a, a woman behind the helm of this. So, oh, absolutely. Um, she's also a screenwriter, and she actually directed the crime thriller film Little Woods. That uh, and she won a Nora Ephron Prize and at the Tribeca Film Festival. So she's award-winning. So that's amazing. And she also directed yes. Candyman in 2021, which I can't wait to see because I love Candyman oh. or the original and I'm about- I was just gonna say she's billed as a retail, uh, She's also directed the sequel or retelling, quote unquote, to Candyman. I've never seen the first one. So now I'm gonna have to see it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know how they're saying that uh, Jordan Peele uh, is kind of like opening the genre of horror for uh, yes. pe uh, Black people? Yes. Um, I, I always felt they were in the genre with Candyman. Uh -huh. I just, maybe it needed more, um, but I thought it was fantastic. I, uh, so I am excited to see this remake. Um, it's very rare that I am excited for remakes because I'm like, why are, the, are you fucking with my childhood? But it just, it, I mean, she's award-winning. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all in. And for her to be directing Captain Marvel, I'm just really excited for this. I'm ready for this. Me too. I actually am, uh, the movies that are being released right now, they're all lost on me because I used to go to the movies not too often, but at least two or three times a month. And now I don't even know what movies are being released. I don't know where to find them. I have no idea if movies are even still being made to be quite honest. <laughs> I'm just so lost with what's going on in the entertainment industry. I mean, I, I was just happy when Bachelorette and, um, <laughs> and Big Brother came back on, on TV. So, um, and those are reality TV movies, or I'm sorry, um, productions that you can kind of get around, you know, some of the COVID stuff, but this like actual making movies um, and also TV shows that are not reality TV. Like I saw an interview the other day with the um, mom from Blackish. I can't remember what her name is right now, but um, and she was saying that they are in their second month of already shooting um, new episodes and that they're so super safe and they do um, their run throughs with masks and social distancing and they get tested all the time and and everything and that you know there it's just a big change but they're doing it and you know everyone is just trying to be super safe so um that was the first time i had even heard of any tv shows actually um being back into production so that makes me kind of um excited for <laughs> for the entertainment industry because i know that a lot of people were out of work for a really long time when things were shut down 
Well, actually, I have an insight on this. Uh, they they are releasing new episodes of Blackish right now, uh, and that's Tracy Ellis Ross. Yes. she plays she plays a doctor um, on Blackish. Yes. So a lot of actually the main point uh, plot line in this new season is um, the the pandemic. Oh, okay. So, so I mean, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really good. And not only that, also the Connors. Uh, uh, uh-huh. You know how it used to be the uh, old Roseanne TV the show. Old Roseanne TV show. Yes. yes. So it's called the Connors now instead of Roseanne, and they are also uh, the storyline. The main issue is the pandemic. Okay. And how Halloween was canceled is the latest episode. Uh, so that's that has new episodes out. Uh, Blackish has new episodes out, and also um, um, this is us. Oh uh, yeah, that yeah, sh- yeah, The show that makes you cry. That yes. also that also has new episodes out. The new season has started, and also it revolves around the storyline of the pandemic. Yes, I have not watched This Is Us probably since episode, I mean, season two or three. I just couldn't take it anymore. It was so emotionally draining for me to watch. Like, I would ugly cry every episode. Every freaking episode. I'm not. No, I completely agree. He would go get a roll of toilet paper and bring it to me and put it next to me on the couch. So I had to stop. I was like, I can't do this to myself anymore. <laughs> but it's so good. Um, I, I definitely will go back at some point and watch it. But that makes me happy. Like I, I've been so engrossed in old episodes of 90 Day Fiance that I had no idea what was going on um, with TV shows currently. So I have to check them out. Yeah, those are only some of the ones that I have on my specific list to watch. But I'm sure other shows have new seasons out and what what not. But um, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, and it, it, it's kind of like, it's not pandemic now. It's pandemic like two months ago kind oh, of storylines. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of reminds me of where we kind of started. Right. And where we are now. Yeah. And how it's all going. But um, yeah, I mean, the first couple of episodes of Blackish kind of actually revolved around um voting so mm. um that that was that was an emotional um episode but yeah that that show is amazing i i really yeah, love it I stumbled upon it one day on hulu it just played after something else i had watched and then we kind of got into it and then um i think we caught up to maybe current episodes and then we stopped watching because then there weren't anymore but I like it so much I went all the way back and I started from season one that little girl is so <laughs> awesome she she's yeah Diane so fun go back to see her as a you know younger and smaller and composed as opposed to what she is now I even went to go see her movie was it little Yes, little. <laughs> I love that movie. She's such a great actress. actress. She is a great actress and she has so much like spunk and just she's so amazing. Um, but yeah, so I went back and I started watching Blackish from the beginning. Uh, and then I'll watch uh Grownish and then I actually also started watching the spin-off on I wasn't Netflix or Hulu where it is um I can't remember what it's called, but there's a spin-off too that they made of um who is it? 
some some oh um kenya kenya the writer and creator of uh blackish and grownish it's actually kind of a yes, parody of yes, his life yes. i saw that too there's yeah. so many bad words but i loved it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a great you guys have to check that out i thought kenya for the longest time when i read it in the credits was a female me turns, too turns out it's a guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> but and uh and we kind of see <clears throat> mia uh uh I forgot her first name, but Rodolph, uh, she's his wife in the show. It, they're just so rich and and black. It's so amazing because <laughs> yeah. like like they're so above it all, but then they're not, you know, yeah. like it's it's really great. It's a really great show. And that's on Netflix. <laughs> and last night when I watched, see, she, the actress, what was her name again? The Ross woman? Oh, uh, Tracy, Tracy Ellen Ross. Yeah. Tracy Ellen Ross. Last night, she was a guest star Ellis. on Jimmy Sorry. Kimmel. And um, that's the first time I ever learned that her mother is Diana Ross. Really? You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't my, know that. I, yeah. I knew that from In Living Single. Like, oh. <laughs> she, I, I'm dating myself, but In Living Single was a jam for yeah, me. Yeah, I used to love In Living Single, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so was anyway... So We've digressed from, <laughs> but we're still talking about black people in the uh, entertainment industry. So <laughs> I love Blackish. I love that Nia DaCosta is going to be the um, director, and I'm so excited to uh, see what happens with Captain Marvel. Absolutely, we're super excited. Honestly, yeah. Yes, it's about time. Exciting news. <laughs> All right, guys, it's time for our book review. And what are we reviewing me. today? <laughs> today, we have a book called Santa. And Santa is a, um, I'm going to read the back of the book. Santa is a social justice warrior Latina superhero. Um, and this is the second book from the Ala Brava, a Latina superhero universe written and created by Caden Phoenix. And um, some of you may remember our uh, Las Platicas interview with Caden when she released, um, what was it? Uh, Jalisco. Jalisco, there you go. I was going to say Chihuahua. <laughs> One of those Mexican states. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay, so, <laughs> so um, Santa lives in Wexo, a made-up border town in Texas. With the elections coming up, the tension rises as the conservative frontrunner, Elena Chavez Estevez, a.k.a. ICE. Oh, my God, I just got that. Elena Chavez Estevez, ice. Oh my God. Okay, my mind was just blown. Wants to start a race war in town. On the domino side, we have La Politica running. Comadre, the mentor and veteran, ends up recruiting Santa for La Politica's campaign. And as the racial tensions rise in the town, Santa learns what it means to be patriotic while harnessing her mom's military past. When civilians start getting stolen, Santa finds her voice and strength to raid the detention camps and take down ICE. I just learned so much from reading the <laughs> back of this book. Well, 
um, when uh, Kaden was uh, going on interviews or when she told us about um, this book that she was going to kickstart, uh, one of the things she said is like, Santa is going to battle ice. And my mind exploded. I was like, oh, my God, that's freaking amazing. She's uh -huh. going to battle ice. But for me, when she said battle ice, it was meaning ice, like the actual government. Right, right, right. Establishment ice, not, not um, Elena. Elena Chavez, esta vez ice. Okay, so. So I things... was, I was totally misled. So when I opened the book to read it, that's what I expected. Got it. But I mean, kind, excuse me, kind of in this world, um, it, it there are if you are paying any attention to what's going on in the world around you there are clear parallels between characters and groups of people in this book and uh characters and <laughs> people in the real world right and for sure i mean i think that that was what her intention was is that uh this ice character because she's putting people into cages she's taking them she is um what are you calling she's sterilizing them without their permission so like all this kind of stuff is things that we're seeing happen here in the real world but they are now personified in her comic book characters to be honest with you i would have appreciated it just being straightforward and not being made up people or to be honest like yeah definitely like, it, it would have been more impactful to me as a reader knowing that this shit is happening for it to be like you know just uh made up straightforward <clears throat> this is how it goes i don't know what her um, intentions were behind making it made up like to make it less i mean because at the end of the day i feel like she is marketing this as an all ages book um and and actually I, I that think is, so no, i it, don't know for a fact and actually that was my issue throughout reading this comic book was yeah. because i feel that she's marketing to the younger audience uh -huh. but um First of all, we have to kind of grasp the concept of a made-up town with the made-up people, with the made-up uh, mongrels, which it's it, it's doable, but I don't think it's doable in the way that it was done in right. this I comic. And not only that, if it's been marketed to the youth or all ages, why does Santa, our, our hero, uh, have to have a gun? And, and yeah. the gun was specifically um highlighted in two different chapters yeah like super highlighted yeah uh so i just feel that uh this was sort of like written for adults but marketed to children like tobacco i think <laughs> like tobacco i think your point about it being hard to grasp the concepts of all these made up things is very taken, um, but it didn't have to be. Um, I feel like that the setup for the reader could have been done a little bit better because I read the first entire chapter and was completely lost and confused. And then a couple of questions were answered in the, the following chapters, but 
also more questions were brought up. So I felt like the writing was very disjointed for me and I had a really hard time following along. The initial idea of Ala Brava and the initial idea, like her next book is going to be uh, La Ruca. Yeah. And she actually makes a guest appearance. Here exactly. Yes. In, in uh, the uh, Santa. Yes. In, in Santa. Uh, this is a side note, but in the back, there are character, um, like the, the evolution of the of the artist's character drawings of Ruka. And it's funny how, how you go through the character drawings of them and how she went from very Pachuca looking to with the bandana around her head to... Yes. With a tattoo. Yeah, with a tattoo to what she ended up in this book being. It, it's actually very, very interesting. And it, it it's interesting what they ended up with. I actually, I actually, the name Ruka alone, um, I felt that she should have looked like the one with the bandana and the hoop earrings and the crop top and the tattoo and, and the low rise you know, baggy pants. Um, I, I was surprised to see what she actually ended up looking like. It was very whitewashed, to be honest. Yes. Uh, in my yes, opinion. Yes. Um, I thought she was white in the beginning. Uh, yes, I did too. Uh, honestly, I did too. Um, uh, I, I don't know what to say except that... Um, the idea of a la brava universe superhero uh, latinx superheroes is an amazing idea it is i um, i i love the idea and i love the idea of individual latina superheroes absolutely and i love this universe where they could all exist and even do crossovers i think it's amazing but i think um i think there is so much to that needs to be learned before the next um, installment of Vala Brava comes out. Um, like I said, I, I I I went into the. We need Alo uh, Alcaraz to come in and do some <laughs> consulting, <laughs> right? Right. Um, the art is freaking amazing. I love the art, hands yes. down. I love it. Uh, the, the art uh, is beautiful. The yeah. art is uh, the 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 colors are amazing. Everything is amazing about the art, the expressions, the the hair. Everything is amazing. Um, I just just from me personally, Sarah, and I'm saying this is reading the first three to four pages of this comic felt like it was a printing error because I had no idea she was she had like a like a sense of not a telling of the future, but like a deja vu that kind of, it's a, like she sees the future in some sense. Yeah. But it was kind of a repetitiveness that didn't translate. Um, Definitely. So for me, I, I honestly thought it was a printing error. It was disjointed and to not find out what we were looking at or seeing until some point in chapter two felt very like as a reader <laughs> it just felt very awkward and I think that um like I said this is a made-up 
town. This is a made up, it's like a, a quote unquote fantasy world. And I feel like the setup of the book um, was did a very, very poor job of um, letting me know that. Like, even though I read the back, I read the back of that book actually before I read it. Um, and I knew that Wexo was a made up town, but as I'm reading it, like the luchas, the luchas, the luchadores, whatever exist, and they're supposed to be, I'm assuming that white. they are, yeah, that they're white. But then also at some point in the book, Santa says, I'm Wexo, I was born here just like you. So I'm assuming. Then I wasn't sure if she meant that they were just like, I mean, because, you know, those are Latinos for Trump out there. I don't know if she meant that I'm a citizen like you. I was born here like you or I'm Wexo like you, which Wexo I'm I'm assuming is Latino. Like there's a lot of things that I had to assume because the writer did a poor job of informing me. Yeah, I mean, just the scene when she, the second scene of her being in the luchador uh, bar where she orders the water. And um, even that, I, w- I found it confusing because they were kind of alienating her, but I didn't know why. Was because they look Same. like, because the luchadores look Latino, because lucha is right Mexican yes right and then we go on to the panel where she's uh going into Gonza burger where she's getting uh her grandmother her burger and they say we don't serve people like you but a little bit before that um she was talking to her mother about the kids calling her a witch so I was like they don't serve warlocks or people (laughs) people of magic or because even even the guy who said or the person who said we don't serve your kind here looked Latino. So I'm like, yes, I'm like, Very confusing. I'm like, are you discriminating against the color of my skin, my uh, ethnicity or are you describe or discriminating because I, I'm a witch or like I'm supernatural? I mean, I, I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know. And is she like this whole time? She can see the future or she has these premonitions and then it shows her punching one of the luchadores with some very impactful punch. Um, and it shows that she has some kind of like power, quote unquote, when she's punching the tree and she gets angry. Yes. But I don't know. Like Santa, uh, not Santa, um, the other Ruka? one. Jalisco. No, Jalisco. Yeah. Um, Jalisco trained really have powers yeah she trained and she she created and Santa was on her way to training herself too but like Euclid was it her mother did not have powers her mother like she tricked her it with that card trick yes like looked underneath and then she was other but then I was I don't know there was by the way that point where it did seem like she did because, because uh I felt like it. the book was trying to tell me that the mother actually saved Santa and gave her own life. I don't know. I'm so confused. Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, there are so many things that they want Santa to be, I think, that nothing was really actually clear. Yeah. And at the beginning, I just felt like she was going to be like a bruja. Because uh-huh. of the name Santa, Santeria, Brujeria, you know, kind of thing. Yes. Uh-huh. But then it, and then this superhuman strength came into play. 
and then she can't really harness it because she's not really a fighter. I don't get it. Yeah. I wanted this to be amazing. I wanted yeah, this to be I did great. too. Like as soon as she started ta- thinking and looking at the arm wrestling posters, I was so into her going and beating all these <laughs> these men with her arm wrestling and it, the the book addresses it or like shows it to us twice and we yes. never the arm wrestling. <laughs> yeah, there was no conclusion to no. both of those stories saying the same thing, mimicking each other, but with different results. Like it just um like I think I feel like she wants to say so much in this one book, yes. but 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 it doesn't come up nothing really finalizes or yes. solidifies. I don't I know if, I, I don't know if she's a witch. I don't know if she's into Santeria. I don't know what the amulet means. Uh, I don't know if her mom transposed her energy into her daughter because love saved her. I And another thing that really bothered me, um, we find out who Ruka's mom is. Yes. Quote, it was so fast and it did not even let me get emotionally attached and we don't know why, but her mom falls in her arms. Does yes. she get, well, does she get shot? No, that's the part is I felt like she was giving her she saved Ruka with her love. Like she she gave the mantle over somehow, which made her die. I felt like they were um, intimating that that is what Santa's mom did to her when she came to her bedside. Yes, that's yeah. And and also, I'm sorry, but I loved the art. But it wasn't until that time that Ruka said mom that I was like, she's not a fucking teenager. That <laughs> that this, this woman here. The, tra- the trainer is not a yeah, uh, yeah. Comadre is not a teenager. Like <laughs> she's drawn like at the most 19. Yeah. Yeah. And when she says mom, I'm like, what the hell? I was so confused. And you know what? Uh, one of the things I saw was that she touched her hand in such a way that yes. w- she was like shocked. But yes. I really had to try and struggle to see that because I actually saw that in a movie and I was like, oh, okay, that's what that is. Like she's uh, she did something her mom did in the past and that's what she's like, mom? Like, but it was... Oh. So random, so random. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like. I, I agree with you, Sarah. I wanted to love it so much, and I loved the idea of Jalisco. I love the idea of Santa. I love the idea of Ruka, but the the actual like execution um, execution of it left me really very very disappointed. I have to agree with that. Um, and it's not, it, it's not, I know a lot of people out there is going to be saying like, oh, just because she's Latin X, you hold her on a different standard. Uh, but Ooh. it's not like, like, I mean, our listeners, like, you know how. No, no, no. <sighs> just because who's Latin X? Uh, Kaden. Oh, okay. Um, that uh, we hold her at a higher standard or whatnot. It's not that. Honestly, it's, it's difficult to understand the reading. Like, honestly, like I always try to find the good in the products people put out there with their honestly Sarah you do that to a fault (laughs) (laughs) it's bad 
And and audience out there, I know you're wondering what is going on with Jen. Why is she not come jumping in? <laughs> Jen is just letting us get our our issues out because Jen <laughs> Jen is now Jen. It's your turn. It's your turn to shine, girl. Do it. I was having a seizure when I was reading this book. I'm not gonna lie. It didn't make sense. The dialogue was awful. Like the entire okay, first of all, like I'm actually really upset about this book. Like, first of all, Eva Cabrera, you're she's she's an award-winning uh artist. The artwork is beautiful, it's amazing, it's I love it, it's gorgeous. The formatting of the book is garbage. I could not distinguish where. I was supposed to follow like I was following comic book rules and then I was following fucking like reading left to right rules and still I could not make sense of the book another thing is that it's it's what is the thing with the like does she not know what luchadores mean to Mexicans to Latin Americans does she not know what it means because this is so insulting it's so insulting you know I hadn't thought about that but you're you're absolutely absolutely right. right To like what luchadores are, because you're telling me, you're telling me that luchadores are a different race to like the people who don't wear it. And what makes, first of all, what distinguishes that? What is race to you? What does it mean? Because when it's two people who look identical, like there's a, like there's, there's like, there's some like, like, you can make an argument for that in the book that like some people look identical and that race is like, ambiguous and you and it doesn't really matter you're like you all look the same or whatever and if that was the intention i understand that that does not is it's not how that reads that is not how that reads at all so you just have you just have these two people that look alike the same skin color and like that and something that is meaningful to the mexican and first of all i'm not even fucking mexican but i know what lucha means mm-hmm. to the to mexican people like uh like that's so Honestly, I'm like flabbergasted about how offensive that is to like, like I like I'm I'm mad. Like honestly, I'm I'm mad. Uh, another thing is that they did not. Santa was not an endearing character to me at all. Yeah. I like there there are comic books that have grabbed me on the first issue because they've given me emotion. They've given me an establishment on who this character is. Like, I I got a sense of identity from them, and I got a sense of who they were as a person. I don't know who the fuck Santa is. What is she? What does she stand for? What is she doing? It feels like she just grabbed a bunch of hot uh, topics and slapped them into a book and said, you know what? Here it is. Like, Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Like, I honestly, I honestly don't know what she thinks Uh what like the the movement is like not only just for because when she put lucha lives matter i was i was so offended because it makes it it makes it look in the book like she's she's making fun of black lives matter because she didn't establish that anything about there being like uh like wexo lives matter or something like that and even that that in itself is insulting to black lives matter as a movement Mm -hmm. as well and like that this is like I'm trying to form my thoughts. I'm trying to form my thoughts as fast as I want to say them, but it's <laughs> I keep forming new ones about how upset I am about this book. It because it's there 
on the whole gun thing that you guys touched on, like, as someone who's had a gun pointed at them by the fucking police, mm-hmm. like, you don't put that shit in there unless you're meaning to use it, unless you're meaning to say something impactful. And what she what she used was not impactful at all. And let's talk about Ruka, another thing. Because it's saying that uh, that Ruka got her name because she thought uh, that was the name for rock in Spanish. Mm-hmm. If she's learning Spanish, you know that Ruka is not the Spanish word for rock. It's piedra. Mm-hmm. So why would she confuse Ruka for Piedra? Like it yeah. works as a Not name. Close, I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that 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 makes no sense. Like honestly, <laughs> honestly, this reads like a like a book that was written by a white person who's trying to understand Mexican culture or Latinx culture. Uh, you, but, your no, third you... generation, your third generation Latinx. Well, damn, girl, it really reads like it because you don't know shit. Like honestly, like Ruka is not even Mexican or or Spanish. Ruka is a word that was created by Chicanos and Chicanas yeah. to <laughs> to you know refer to like it's a like, term of endearment. Yeah, like Haina yes. or Ruka, yes. like yes. or or you know it's not even mm-hmm. Spanish. Like right. Like and Marino, it's not like, a girl to just have that as a name. It's actually part of a relationship it's not just a random name to call a person yes exactly Mm -hmm. honestly Uh, and it's just like i wasn't endeared to anybody in this book i didn't understand any of them and honestly i i'm i'm really i'm really mad about the ice thing too because like yeah you're gonna make it like first of all you have like a woman whatever like that and she's and she's obviously white she's a white tina uh and um, um and you're going you're going to make her ice and like there's some they, you can make some like argument about that too about like um uh, like uh, race traders and that word in itself and how that happens and stuff like that but uh like who is she i don't like i don't understand how does she have this power to do that because there's no government established there's no there's no really like, hey, this is the United States. Another thing, you could have perfectly used an actual town that is actually facing these yes. problems and issues. Honestly, the fact that she made it fake is, again, once again, insulting, actually, to the people who are currently locked up uh, because of their immigrants and to actual towns that are facing these consequences. Like, do some goddamn fucking research. Like, you could have easily substituted another town. But you know what? I'm actually glad it's made up because at least you didn't insult those towns. Like, you insulted, like, uh, like by making it fake, but you didn't really insult them by very, very vastly understanding, not understanding the problems that those towns and cities and people are facing. Like, honestly... I'm this I'm offended by every aspect of this book and it's not even it's not even like a thing about how when we read Puerto Rico Strong and then we read Reconstruction uh, that I preferred Puerto Rico Strong from Reconstruction because the Reconstruction was like more of all like like a like a hope or a fantasy I know some people take inspiration from that about how like uh how like these impossible things like you wish you would like a superhero would come at about like whereas um puerto rico strong was more about like the story of puerto rico and like made the hopes for the future of puerto rico and stuff like that like there's a there's a distinct difference 
between that, between how I preferred that. I actively hate this book. Like it's it's it it doesn't make an effort, I think, to really truly understand what the immigrant population is going through right now that are currently mm-hmm. actively held in those camps and how how they're going through it and how the people that live around there are going through and the people that are affected by it that have family in those in those camps are affected this is this isn't this thing is a fever dream at best and a complete and and an actual like uh and an actual manipulation of the movement like in making it out to seem bad at its worst like who did you talk to when you were coming up with this it like you would think that having an, an a background in the entertainment industry or in like screenwriting and script writing would help you but it doesn't and not in this case it really really doesn't like i'm i'm very upset about this book and as you guys were talking about it i was getting more and more upset i mean not not just about the gun thing not just about like santa and like the actual people who are being detained and who are being forcefully sterilized uh in those camps like it's it you don't the what this book says to me is that you don't understand mm-hmm. you don't really truly understand what is going on and what people are doing actively trying to do and i looked at the kickstarter and i was like hoping and praying like hey i hope some of the i hope some of these funds go to like raices or go to um um uh, like like the world health organization or something but it, it said it's an option to you as the as the backer to donate those books to a group that is of that backs like young young girls into like uh, to learn about like video and stuff like that like that's that's good but you're not uh, using any of those funds that you got to like help with the movement you're instead using them to pay yourself and i don't know i don't know how you paid like your creators or any of that other stuff like i have no information about how any of that money is used to i'm honestly mad for the backers themselves too because this was a fucking waste of time that's that's the honest to god truth and that's I mean, how i feel about that and you know what if if kaden hears this i don't care like i how could you massively massively misunderstand what's going on um i gotta agree with you i mean even the sterilization was really glossed yeah. over yeah it was it was an injection which is re- i mean that's really fantastical I know. <laughs> like, oh, you can. Yeah. It was just oh, like unrealistic. Um, and yeah. I get it. This is a fantasy world. It's a made-up universe. I get it. Um, but uh, this was an amazing idea, and it just went so vastly wrong. Yeah, I feel like the more and more we talk about it, the more and more things are just. I feel some anger the more I listen to Jen yes. about what a book like this could do to the movement of immigrants. I mean, in the very first page, it says this is dedicated to all immigrants. And yep. uh, I I really feel like um, there could be some actual 
harm to, to people who are reading this who deal with it, quite frankly, on an everyday basis. Um, to, you know, God forbid the, the people who are actually in those cages uh, reading this kind of thing. And I, honestly, as I'm as I was reading the luchador thing didn't even cross my mind. Um, and it's it's so true that it, it's very disrespectful. I mean, to, to liken and to parallel luchadores to white supremacists, which is basically what I got from the. Yes. Book. Uh, oh, absolutely. Like luchadores are like a highly respected individual in Mexican culture and not only that like uh, a lot of people that grew up watching Lucha Libre or the Lucha or Santo Blue Blue Demon which is Blue Demon uh, Mil Mascaras and all of that uh, these mm -hmm. characters were they were not um, like Batman and Alter Eagle they were always right. El Santo they were always right. Blue Blue Demon they were always Mil Mascaras they never took off the mask that's who they were Thank Thank you, La Mano de Destino, for exactly. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, as a female Mexican American, um, I wanted this to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And I and I wanted mm -hmm. to back this 100%. And it breaks my heart that it's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And um, and how amazing it could have been. Um, even Sebastian Kedlecic from freaking award-nominated Quince knew that it was best to leave the story writing to someone else that could, that could identify with the feminine part of the story, with the teenage part of the story. I mean, yeah. he basically took his little baby and said, here, you write the story because you're a woman because you've been a teenager, but I'm going to still be right behind you just making sure it's told correctly. And that's why Quince yeah. is an Eisner-nominated story. And, and I feel that Caden had an amazing idea, but she should have maybe left the story telling to someone else under her supervision. That's, that's what I think. Mm -hmm. The kind of thing that I could say about the book is that it damn it really fucking needed an editor. That's another thing. Hire, we hire we, an editor. Yeah, we've always said how editors are the unsung heroes of comic book creating. Um, and yeah, they actually propel the story to move in a coherent manner where the reader is not freaking confused as fuck. It, it surprises me, though, that Ava Cabrera, who has done so much amazing work in the industry, um, not that it's her job or that it was her role, but we hear all the time about artists and writers collaborating and working together and taking notes. And I mean, I, I hear all the time about writers saying, yeah, I wrote it this way. And then the artist gave me notes and was like, no, it, it, it's better this way. And if I can draw it this way and that they collaborate and work very well together. And so mm -hmm. it, honestly, the fact that Ava's name is connected with this project i expected so much more i mean we yeah. we reviewed kim and kim which she is an artist was the artist on and we loved it we love uh, kim and kim yeah oh, absolutely mm -hmm. 
Um, so it surprises me yeah. that there is so much just disjointedness and confusion with such a um, such a experienced artist behind it. I mean, even when we interviewed Isabel Quintero, and she was telling us how um, a graphic novel or a comic book format was kind of new to her because she's actually a book writer. So she heavily, she said, I heavily depended on Seek Benya for guidance on this book. And she said, I mean, he answered a lot of questions. There was a lot of email interaction. And um, she's, uh, I, I mean, if it wasn't for him, I don't think it would have been the book it is today. And mm -hmm. I mean, for her, I mean, you gotta, you gotta know where your um, debilidades are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could be a great screenwriter and a director, but maybe you're not very good at, executing a trade paperback comic book so uh i don't know what else do you guys have any other additions to oh yeah i was flipping through the book right now and i was just like what's with the what's with the weshian and chica thing like did you just flip down the m from mexico and then just like deleted a few words and she and instead of saying like hey like like uh, this this is what I'm gonna make up for my made up fantasy world that still takes place in the United States uh, somehow, um, and go like like hey here's like Weshian and then here's Shika like like <laughs> I'm honestly like that's that's what it feels like when I read that I was just like did what is this is this a spelling error or did you just honestly just flip the M upside down to go with a W like I don't know if any of you remember. It was probably about 10 years ago, if that. There was a company who had this grand idea of taking a tour bus through the hoods of Los Angeles and basically showing these people who are coming from all around the world what it's like to live in the hood. And at the end of this tour, they had little kids come out and fake shoot you with little water guns or whatever. And you got a t-shirt that said, I survived South Central Los Angeles or some shit. Excuse I don't know. Uh, this, yes. This, look it up. Are you fucking serious? This was exploitation to the nth degree and this is how i feel after reading this book yeah yeah this yeah. is this book is exploitation uh, you you perfectly captured it that's that's what it is this is so exploitive it's exploitive of the movement it's exploitive of immigrants it's exploitive of mexican culture and i'm speaking as someone who isn't mexican who didn't grow up in that like i'm i'm guatemalan american like, and there's no getting around that. But I grew up around Mexican, like actual Mexican people and Mexican Americans and Chicanos and stuff like that. And like, have you, I, I've always wondered how like people who are like, I'm not into that SJW shit felt like. This is what this book made me realize. Like, I was like, oh shit, this is how they see that? Like, fuck, I understand it now. Like, I, uh, 
I this this book, I don't know if it was trying to do good or not. And it seems like maybe Caden was trying to do good, but it's it, it's very, very clear that she doesn't understand the own culture that she claims uh, and the problems that they're facing or 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 what it what it really means to be Latin X in the United States. That's what I'm getting from this book. And um, they had a little girl dressed in native uh, garb uh, with even a headdress. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I think I deleted that from my brain. It, uh, was uh, she made a reference to Wasuchu? Wasichu? I, I'm not sure what that is. So is she like a native Mexican representation in the comic? It was so brief. It was a blip. I, I don't know what the end game was there. I think I think I think if she was trying to do good, it was so muddled that so many things were compiled to just it just confused the reader. I have to believe so that I can sleep at night that <laughs> there was no bad intentions behind this book. Um the I, I mean, we had Kaden on as uh, an interviewee and her talking about, you know, her relationship with her abuelita and just, you know, female power, women power, um, girl power, all that stuff. Feminism. Um, yes, I 100 I percent believe that she had good intentions, but I also 100 percent believe that this book could have been executed so much better and that there are multiple problem areas in this book mm -hmm. um, and just like you Sarah I really wanted to love it I really wanted to be able to get behind it and be like buy this book and it's amazing and and everything else support a Latina creator um, above all um, but it, it, there, there's just, I feel like that would be so disingenuous for, for any of us to say, yeah. given what we've just shared with everybody. Yeah. I mean, with Jalisco, I felt there was a learning curve just because she was new to comics and she told us outright, uh, she was, she didn't grow up with comics. She did not read comics in her youth or in her adolescence. She didn't start reading comic books until she wanted to execute Jalisco, which is fine. You know, you can take up uh, a whole different sort of, you know, art um, medium. But I just felt like Santa should have been better, like a lot better than Jalisco. Even Jalisco, I feel, is more genuine than Santa at this point. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, I mean, we can beat a dead horse <laughs> because we yeah. keep say, each of us keeps saying things that that uh, actually makes the another one want to say more stuff, and we could be here for hours and hours. Um, but I think that pretty much oh, the fact that it just was not uh, a book that any of us enjoyed was is has pretty much been determined. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, let's just uh, read it and um, then we can move on. <laughs> yes. So this is Kristen and um, I am going to give it a concha because I, like I said, Caden, I believe had good intentions. Um, I, and I really, really had so much um, hope for a la, uh, la Brava universe, um, there are more books to come. I have, despite this review, I have hope for the rest of the books. I hope that maybe she can um, learn some uh, some lessons and you know continue to improve her craft and her art. Um, I, the fact that she is a, a Latina creator, the fact that she is a woman, all that stuff. I want to continue to, um, to be positive about, and, um, I will give her one concha. I'm going to second that, uh, I'm going to give it one concha because the idea of La Ala Brava universe and the Latinx, Latina superheroes. Uh, we have a list of all the other heroes she's planning to showcase. Quite honestly, if she gave the reins of the storytelling in a comic book format to someone else, I think it would benefit. Honestly, they do need an editor. Uh, maybe some of the funds that she got from the Kickstarter can go to hiring an editor for the next ones. I think that would really benefit and it would really if you could really hone in that what you're trying to say in in a and execute it better my god that would be amazing that would uh be very inspiring you want to inspire our people nuestra gente so i'm going to give it one concha they're both a lot nicer than me (laughs) (laughs) yes jen what would you like to say (laughs) uh i was going to give it one concha just for the art Honestly, the art. Yeah, I, I'll give it uh, another compliment. The artwork is really nice. It's Eva Cabrera. It's she knows how to draw. Yeah, and she was nominated. She's mm-hmm. glad nominated. Uh, the artwork is very, very lovely. And I did like, I like the the original concept art for Ruka a lot more. Yeah. Like there's still girls like that still dress like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if so what some of the motivation for changing her design was like, hey, maybe this is kind of offensive. It's not. Yeah, it's There's not. It's actually dress. real. Yeah, it's an. It's it's still it's still culture that's actively being used. That's is that's used, and honestly, it would have felt more authentic to me than anything else. Um, but this entire book was inauthentic, inexperienced, very very messy. Uh, misunderstood the current uh, immigration and race problem in America. Um, um, so no conchas and. Uh, uh, castigo. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be boiled water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that has been our book review. A la guys. cama sin comida. A la cama sin comida. <laughs> oh my god! In the Latinx family, that's the worst. That's the worst. Awful. If a if a, a a Latina abuela is sending you to bed without food, oh my god! <laughs> mm-hmm. You're the you're the only. You're the only one eating, not like not eating while yeah. ever the rest of the family is eating. Like, goddamn, they're yeah. shame. <laughs> they're shame. For me, it's like serving me abas, which is like kidney beans. Oh, and, I know which and, ones you're talking and about. And having me sit there, y te lo terminas. 
<laughs> oh, that's the worst. And then when they get cold, they get super thick. <laughs> I don't like avas when they're hot. Like, I know, right? It's worse when they're the, cold. That is, that's the punishment food. Yeah, like cold. <laughs> Ooh. So that has been our book review, guys. All right, guys, it's now time for On My Radar. And I got some juicy On My Radar. I actually just found this out on Friday because Fanbase Press went on their live stream on Facebook to let us know that Fanbase Press is about to launch a Sandman podcast miniseries through the Fanbase Press Weekly. So I'm super excited because you, as you guys know, I love me some Sandman and I love me what? some Neil Gaiman. Yeah. yeah wow. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know. Right? Oh my gosh. So anyway, <laughs> um, it's going to be called Dream Journal and it's a focus on Neil Gaiman's Sandman. So it's, it's going to be an in-depth analysis of Neil Gaiman's iconic comic book series, The Sandman. I love it already. It's going to be 10 episodes, limited podcast series, which is something new that I hadn't seen before. Limited podcast series. Mm-hmm. That is, that's actually genius. Like, if you don't want to commit to a specific topic on a podcast, you could have a mini co- uh, podcast series and focus on that one thing you want to focus on and then and then move on to the next one. So I think that's amazing. That's wonderful news. Uh, they were going to feature storytellers, including Justin Penniston, who's a writer for Hunter Black, Mega Man, and Fully Charged. Kelly Sue Milano, writer of Hex Comics and Hex 11. Lisa K. Weber, the artist of Hex Comics, Hex 11, Carrie Thorne, founder of Unexpected Hobby and Geek's Guide to Cross-Stitch Journeys in Space, and Philip Kelly, fan-based pe- press contributor, writer, director, performer. So it's a it's a big cast, guys, and they're going to give us an in-depth view on Neil Gaiman's Sandman in a 10-episode 10, 10 po- podcast miniseries. I'm super excited. That's all I could say. <laughs> I knew you would be. I actually still got to catch up and read. So uh, I I can't listen so to good. the in-depth d- analysis until I'm actually read everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I may reread it a tenth time just to be on topic. Wow. <laughs> well, mm. as you guys know, I also heard the Audible original yes. series. That is yeah. amazing. I um, have my fingers crossed for the Netflix series. So I'm excited. These uh, The first episode is to launch on Tuesday, November 10th of 2020. So please follow fanbasepress.com. Um, you can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Lisbon, um, and they should air every Tuesday. So check that out, guys. That is on my radar. Nice. And now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Jen, you have our Juntos y Fuertes today. Yes, I do. And it is another Kickstarter for another magazine. This one is Stellium, a literary magazine that centers Black queer creatives, but welcomes work from the rest of the uh, BIPOC community. So it is, uh, it 
it has yet to launch, but it's uh, it's a bi-monthly magazine, and it's asking for help in producing the first two digital issues. Uh, and it's it's actively trying to put uh, this marginalized community up in the forefront. Uh, I had mentioned before Constellation magazine that was a focus on um, uh, on Latinx uh, queer and queer uh, identities in magazines in a science fiction aspect. But this one is just literary prose uh, of anything. It's going to be prose poetry, fiction, nonfiction, and art within each issue. Uh, and they're also soliciting people to work for it. So they're asking, oh, nice. uh, they're currently live and they their goal is $3,500 and they're currently at 997 with 37 backers and 35 days to go. Uh, and honestly, the idea is so good that I I really like it. And it's something as a queer person of color, it's something that very much interests me. Um, and they have like a dedicated like editor and stuff like that. Um, um, it's it, it's definitely piqued my interest and I think it's something that should be supported uh, uh, as well. So it's Stellium, S-T-E-L-L-I-U-M, uh, literary magazine on Kickstarter. Uh, and it's actually being focused by Kickstarter on their like uh, works that we love. So you might find it like a uh, front and center, front and oh, center. Nice. But if you can't, uh, you can you can look it up. Uh, they are. I what I really like about Kickstarter is that uh, right now currently they have like the Black Lives Matter hashtag underneath mm -hmm. their logo, but also they have a dedicated section to uh, Black works and Black creators. So I I think that's a wonderful wonderful idea. And please back this. I had the the current industry uh in the creative industry is very much white cis men mm -hmm. still and it's an effort to try to get uh queer people or like anybody who identifies in the lgbtq spectrum but is also a person of color be them black uh indigenous uh brown I, it's uh i feel i believe that this is something that comes genuinely from the heart uh, and is trying to focus on uh, not like mostly highlight the black community, which is wonderful, amazing, but they're open to other creatives as well. Uh, but honestly, if they had just said like black creatives only, I would have still supported mm -hmm. them it, uh, because it's still a voice that very much needs to be heard. But I like that they they added the fact that they are open to other uh, creatives as well of different uh, ethnicities and backgrounds and races as well. So Stellium on Kickstarter. Awesome. That is super cool. All right, guys, it's now time for saludos. And today, estamos saludando a Melissa Sanchez Art. Uh, Melissa Sanchez is a artist who also works on commissions, but most recently has been contributing artwork from Inktober that she does every mm -hmm. year, where she highlights the horror movies that she has been watching throughout the month of October. So to get an idea of her artwork, uh, you can just follow her on Instagram at, it's actually what's it's W-A-T-S-E-R-N-A-M-E, and it's under Melissa Sanchez Art also, and uh, she is available for commissions. 
Uh, she actually is responsible for the artwork that of our ad in Mashbone and Grifty's trade paperback that will be shipping to anybody who backed the Kickstarter, I believe at the end of November, beginning of December. Um, so she's an amazing artist. Uh, she is disabled, but is able to, because she has such a love for art, she works through the pain and through her disability to uh, churn out some amazing artwork. So be sure to follow her on Instagram. Um, and if you are looking for a commission, definitely hit her up um, with enough time to actually produce the commission. Because some of the times what uh, people don't understand is when you commission art, you should give an ample amount of time for the creative purposes of actually executing the artwork. So uh, saludos to Melissa, thank you so much for working with us here at Comadres Comics. She's also responsible for all our logos that we have. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. She did all of those. So thank you so much. She's always been a pleasure to work with and such a talented artist. So saludos goes out to her. Thank you guys so much. Uh, this brings us to the end of our episode. Uh, we have, uh, where can they find us girls? You can always find us on uh, Facebook at Comic Comadres and then also on Instagram at Comadres e Comics. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres where you can DM us as well. You can email us directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com. Please make sure to also check out comadresycomics.com because our, uh, our web page is coming soon. To a theater near you. <laughs> How many months are we gonna be saying that? It's coming soon. It's coming soon. Um also also please make sure to like and subscribe us on our our brand new um YouTube channel. Also, I am happy to say that we have an interview coming up. So stay tuned. Please like and subscribe. Please like and subscribe on all of on all or on your favorite streaming platform, be it Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, um, Apple Podcasts. Also, we have a raffle going on right now. Kristen, tell us all about it. That's right. We have a raffle for everybody that likes and subscribes and also leaves a review on any of our um, streaming platforms. You will be placed into a raffle for, wait for it, a hardcover edition of the Kingsit Bilingual um, hardcover edition uh, of that book. You read it one way and it's in English. You flip it over and read it the other way and it's in Spanish. And it's full of so much amazing back matter. You're going to lose your mind. Not only is it this hardcover bilingual edition, but this particular copy is signed by the creators, Sebastian and all the um, the uh, Stein Kellner sisters and some other people, Teresa Rojas, who um, supported and contributed to the back matter. Um, it's just such an amazing book to have. And we have a copy especially for you. So again, if you like, subscribe, and leave a review on any of our streaming podcast um, platforms. places, 
platforms there you go um you will be entered into our drawing and we will be holding the drawing at the end of i don't know when <laughs> <laughs> to be determined but this is yes. us officially launching it so uh people um um please like like and subscribe if you've already liked and subscribed our facebook please like and subscribe us on other like our youtube channel and stuff like that we will be keeping track of it uh as well and you will be entered into the drawing uh for the book as well it doesn't even have to be a good review you could do a review a la jen and it can, <laughs> yeah, it can, it can rip us apart <laughs> Yeah, rip us apart. Rip me apart, man. Dude, like, I, am, I, I am waiting for some negative feedback because... <laughs> oh, that's when you know we've made it. Exactly. I'm, I'm just really waiting. It. Like, do a bad review. Like, I want to know if I have made you mad in some way because that satisfies me on a personal level. <laughs> but when they hate you is because you made it, so... It's okay if you don't yeah. like us, just write a review and you still can be a winner of this autographed Quince hardcover edition. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate you. Stay safe. We have been your host, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.